Hey guys, this is Mark Owings, and I'm your host for the Unbridled Life Podcast, where we have real, raw, and unreligious conversation to encourage and challenge men and women in their daily lives. Well, I'm excited today with our guest, Shane Schofield. Whoop, whoop. Yep, yep. <laughs> You've gotten to hear from Shane's sister. You got to hear from his mom. And now we're with the the man, the legend, Shane Schofield. And I really dig him because we came out of the same world. I was probably a weekend warrior, and uh, he, he became a professional <laughs> at it. And Unfortunately. So, well, that's okay. It's uh, <laughs> We all... We all take steps and walk through it. And so Shane, just tell us a little bit, uh, are you single, your age, your marriage, your family? Give us a little back context and where you are right now. So, uh, I'm from Bryan, Texas. I'm 42 years old and, um, I, uh, we're currently living out in Brownwood, uh, Texas. Come on. Moved out there two and a half years ago to get, get clean and sober. Another new beginning. Come on. Had so many of them. Um, and so that's just an open door. One day, one you know, decided to make a choice to change, and we looked looked on the internet for a discipleship home, year long program. That's where I landed. I graduated. I have my own place now. I have my own business. God's restored everything. Mm-hmm. Glory to Him, not me, because I can't do it on my own. You Come know. On. And so uh, that's where I'm at. And I don't know how long that season I'll, I'll be out there for. But I did just meet an awesome girl. Uh, her name's Sarah. And so we've we've been talking for a couple of months, and she's a she's really been a godsend as well. Super structured, super disciplined, got her head on her shoulders, right? You know what I mean? Come on, we she, all need those. She ain't a stumbling block for sure. <laughs> well, you don't need those. I don't no. need those. Yeah. So you 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 are the youngest of three children. That's correct. So it's it's Shauna, Stacy, and, and Shane, and three years apart. And then we just had your mom on that everybody knows as Sweetie. And so I just want to dive into your story because um, I relate to it in some ways, and I think we can all relate to it in other ways. So I just want to dive in, you know, from the context of or perspective of sister and mom, this all started around 12 years old, divorce going on. Mm. So I want to dive in at 12, if you can kind of remember before the drugs came, what were some of the things that you had that you, what were you sitting around in a room thinking about? Because I, I remember being 16 when my parents got divorced. That's when I think I had an emotional breakdown, but I don't think it manifested on the outside yet. Mm-hmm. And I remember just feeling hopeless and helpless. Uh, I, I didn't know that, you know, if you moved me fast, uh, people think I'm I'm moving fast all the time. They think I'm really risky and can adapt really quick. As a kid, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. If you moved me, it shut me down. Okay. So they moved me at 12 years old over to Arlington, and I shut down educationally. That's where I can look back and go, that move, I went. I was in a totally new culture from the east side of Fort Worth over to Arlington, and that shut me down. I'm wondering, when you were 12 years old, before the drugs come in, mm-hmm. What's going on in your brain? You know what? I'm, I'm, uh, I will use the word of God a lot, but I'm so done playing church, you know? And so when I say I had a great church upbringing, Mm. you know, that means that we attended, (laughs) but like (laughs) I got all word. I didn't, I didn't never got filled with the Holy spirit, man. Mm. And so I knew the word even from a little kid, uh, you know, growing up in a Baptist church. And, uh, so I knew. I knew the scripture that said God hates divorce. 
So when my dad left my mom, I mean, it just crushed me. I was like, God says, don't do this. Like I've had a great upbringing. I played sports every day with my neighbors, you know, and I, I mean, football, baseball, everything. And, um, and so I had high hopes and high dreams for like a future, you know, being like a professional baseball player. And, uh, we were spoiled. Both my parents worked and they made pretty good money and, uh, grew up out in the country. And, and so, you know, since everything was pretty picture perfect, whenever he, I did find out that he was, he was leaving, I was age 12, right there going into puberty, man. Mm -hmm. Like I remember hitting puberty and I needed my dad there. Right. And so when he, he made the choice to leave, it was like an open door to the enemy. And I remembered that perfect world, getting everything you wanted, playing sports, you know, uh, having lots of friends and for that, that, that wound to happen, that trauma, traumatizing event to happen. Just, I mean, I, I remember the day I found out and I remember crying, putting my face in the pillow and not wanting to breathe. And I started punching my bed and punching my pillow. God, I'll never forgive him for this. God, let me become rebellious and crazy. I opened the door up to witchcraft, literally, and rebellion. Because the Bible, like First Samuel says, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, right? So I remember um, inviting that into my life. I remember speaking those word curses. And so... You know, that's that's how it all it shifted in a Say in a that moment. again. You remember speaking those wor word curses? I do, I do. Let me become rebellious. Let me get vengeance towards him because I'm so mad right now. You know, mm. and 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 I who the you know I, I who the who the, who the so I'm a, I'm gonna be I'm want to become rebellious towards authority because my, the greatest authority in my in my life just abandoned me right. And so my mindset towards any and every authority, even pastors at church, is if my dad, the greatest authority in my life, just left me, who the F are you that I should listen to? And that's 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 where you and I relate. Because yep. I really struggled with authority. Uh, I struggled with rebellion. I, it, you know, I taught my kids to obey the first time right away with a happy heart. Those three things, you can obey the first time. Mm -hmm. You can obey, obey right away. But if you don't have a happy heart about it, that joyful heart, I did not have a joyful heart. I looked at, you know, my dad just built, instead of building me up, he tore everything down where I had a mistrust for authority. And so I relate to you, this mistrust for authority comes in at a trauma. And there's five roots that I talk about all the time, pride, fear, trauma, unbelief, and rejection. Well, you get, you get trauma, dad leaves, feels like abandonment during puberty. During puberty, you're about to shift into one of the most significant times of a of a young man. And we can't say it enough. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, Mexican, it doesn't matter. Those are the times there are there are certain times that we need fathers to speak comfort, care, truth, correction into our life. Now it's gone. And the lie comes in, I've, I, I don't think I ever heard. So you, your mom and sister have a different perspective. You use your mouth, which is a gateway. The Bible says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Now, we throw that around in church so much that I just kind of roll my eyes sometimes. But when we use our own authority, dad leaves, the authority of the house is gone. You take authority into your own hands at the age of 12 and say, hey, made me rebellious, made me this. You ain't talking to God. 
mm-hmm. but you were talking to something exactly. and it listened. Exactly. And began to partner with you. Exactly. It sounds like there's a lot of anger and resentment, which is really, you're afraid and hurt, right? That's all it was. That's yep. all it was. So take me down. What's the first thing after all this happens that you go, okay, this is when I started making it, my first moves. I, my friends shifted from friends at church and my, 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 my buddy, my neighbor that I was playing sports with, totally changed my friends, changed the mm-hmm. people, places, and things. I started looking for, I, I was, I was looking for opportunities to fight. I was looking for opportunities to steal. I was looking for opportunities to smoke cigarettes, you know, mm-hmm. and to start drinking alcohol and, and slowly do, doing drugs. Right. I was, I became, I was seeking those things like intentionally, man. And, um, I just remember that Every time I would, I would do something like that, I thought, I felt like, well, this will show him, you know, this will show him how bad he messed up, you know, just that, that get, wanting revenge. I mean, that's so messed up. But as a kid, you don't know, you don't realize what you're doing when you're in trauma. Some of the actions, you're, you're, you're 12 not thinking, years old. Yeah. And you're not thinking logically. You're uh, thinking a pure emotion. Yep. You know, not being led by intellect or the spirit for sure being led by just emotion and hurt, you know, hurting people, hurt people yep. all the time, including themselves. So, man, I mean, I'm like doing things I said I would never do as a kid at 12, 13, 14 years old, you know, experimenting and drugs and sexual immorality yeah. stuff and uh, got into pornography, uh, started cutting, got mm-hmm. got scars all over my arm, you know, I can see just it. because that's a release. That's, that's, I'm going to show you, that's an outward expression of what's going on inside. Mm. You know, Mm. that's the fruit. The roots were in there all jacked up and tangled and messy and nasty. Um, (laughs) And there's some things a mom just can't, because your mom is trying to love and do whatever you you can. I don't know what happens with your dad. We sound very similar. And, you know, our stories are shared with millions uh, that have gone through the trauma of this. That's right. And it starts feeding, but there's a sense of control that comes in. I remember doing some of those things too. Oh, chasing yeah. And, and, and getting the trophy of what I went through, whether that was, um, you know, doing a drug or drinking or smoking cigarettes. None of my friends, I, th- I think I started smoking really, really young. Mm-hmm. And I remember my friends not wanting to be around me. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to do this. It's making me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what y'all think. No. And I love what you said about you changed friends. When you change your mind and you change what you declare, it changes who you hang around with. And science says this, who you hang around, the top five people you hang around with, you'll become. Mm. So now the birds of a feather have flocked together. Mm -hmm. Now you're starting to steal. Now you're starting to do Mm -hmm. drugs. You know, we know bad. We all tie scriptures with all this stuff. Bad company corrupts good character. I mean, that's what happened. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. true, right? Right, right, right. It's it so, is true. It is true. So, you know, the your mom told stories that first time she found weed, she didn't know if it was dirt and grass mixed mm-hmm. together. So I guess that was your gateway. Mm-hmm. You know, that was as it gateway. is for all of us. Right. So tell us a little anger, bit. anger was the first gateway, really, and unforgiveness. Those are the two doors in hey guys, weed. Did you hear that? <laughs> that 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 stuff right there will smoke all day long. Anger and resentment and unforgiveness is what he started smoking first. Come on. Which leads to this. And we, we've all smoked that. We still smoke that. Preachers smoke that. Right. 
And housewives smoke that, husbands smoke that, kids smoke that. When we smoke that, it opens up into the things. So I love what you just said there. Resentment, unforgiveness are the gateway for you. Mm -hmm. Then you go into marijuana, tell me a little bit. And all the willful willful sin, you know, smoking weed to... So I've always heard, I'm getting my LCDC currently. I've I've finished all my schoolwork. I just have to do a practicum. And so uh, they say... People use drugs and alcohol to change the way we think and feel. So to change that hurt, to try to band-aid any vice that we, we use, whether it's overeating, shopping, you know, spending money, any, anything, drugs, alcohol, sex, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a vice. It's, it's just, just to change the way that you're thinking and feeling in the moment, you know, <laughs> um, hedonism. If it makes you feel good, do it, right. you know, and so. That's what started happening. Yeah, I started smoking a lot of weed. I was going with a couple of friends to Huntsville um, every once in a while and buying a pound of, of marijuana. And uh, How old are you? Uh, 16. 16? Mm-hmm. Yeah. By then I was... Up. Oh, yeah. So we, we just... I would smoke weed up until then, but then I started selling a little bit and <laughs> and needing to have more and more, you know, because, <laughs> you know, it's never enough, you know. Nope. It, it is not... It doesn't fulfill. That's a good thing to, to also point out. Like, why do, why do we return to vices? I don't know. We think it'll fulfill us, but it never freaking does. No, that's it, why you got to keep doing it over and over and over and over and over. That's what I've always said about addiction. Addiction feels like a friend until it leads you to the cliff and throws you off. Right. And you realize, oh my gosh, I can't stop. We, we've all done that. I, I used to say, I could stop anytime I want this mm-hmm. until I couldn't. Right. So I think it's funny and it does start compounding whether you're, it's making more money. You know, we're in Alito, Texas right now. Everybody wants to be in the school district. And you look up and down this street, their addiction is marijuana. Well, maybe. I'm sure a lot of these people are smoking pot. But I also do this. They're trying to make more and more money, but that's not going to work. Money won't fix it either and can become one of those addiction things for oh, yeah. all of us. For sure. So you're scoring a, a, a pound of marijuana. Start doing cocaine. At 16. How old are you? 16. Yep. Okay. Just in anything. Do you Give remember me the first time you... Did, were you sh- shooting or snorting? Not yet. Not yet. I was just snorting in high okay. school. Okay. Right after high school is when I started uh, intravenously using. And, uh, but so, so I could kind of maintain, you know, I'm like, whatever you got, let me try it. Hallucinogens, started doing LSD in high school, started doing ecstasy. Um, I remember all the drugs. And I mean, you know, it's just, you know, and of course, I was like, well, this is, this is making me feel good. And it's making me, I think it's making me look cool. But, and I'm going to act, I want to, I was in that rebellious. I still had unforgiveness, you know. My dad was around. And by the way, I just want to say this to honor him. We're, I, we're completely restored. Come on. I mean, completely. I have looked, cried and said, I forgive you for your sin. He said, I've forgiven you for yours. You know, all the years of anger and all that God is completely healed. So I just want to honor him and say that we have That's a great a deal, great relationship now. Big deal. I just saw him the other day and, uh, Come on. um, but yeah, so, you know, just doing the drugs and stuff and, and acting crazy and wanting to be with all the girls, it's just, it's just. When did, when you switched over and you started shooting up instead of snorting, it's a, it's a big difference. Oh, huge. So what, when that happened, tell me, tell me the journey you go on. Cause speed was my, mm-hmm. my, I could get Coke. I could eat everything. I loved ecstasy, but I always came back to speed and I look back. And I think it made me, I felt like Superman. Right. Uh, it would just, it would create, it would pour gasoline on the rage mm-hmm. and help me protect myself. I could turn into a incredible Hulk. That's right. That drug. And it didn't matter what you did to me. Yes. So stimulants uh, affect 
uh, they give you a huge dump of uh, dopamine, serotonin, and cortisol. Cortisol is a fight, flight, or freeze hormone. So that fight, you know, that's why you get all amped up and energized up. It's so short-lived, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a sharp high, but then the, the, the come down, which yeah. all is terrible. Horrible. Because you've depleted all your dopamine. Yep. You know, and you just feel like trash, because that's what it is, trash. And, <laughs> you know, um, it really it punks you out. It just, it, you know, you, you to get it and to do things, you said you do, you know, you do and say things you'd never, never said did. you would never do and say. No doubt. But, um, so all through high school, we, I just snorted cocaine, meth and all that. Um, never did heroin in high school. Okay. Um, so I'm, I moved to Austin, Texas, actually working for my dad, but had all the anger and unforgiveness towards him still. I hid it and masked it. How old are you at this age? 18. 18. You're living in Austin. I moved from Bryan College State okay. to Austin and I'm, I'm running this pest control company, going to ACC. Okay. Partying every night of the week, but getting up and going to work. I was maintaining because I could moderate it. Okay. Some people can moderate their dr- drinking and drug use. So you can't. Until you can. <laughs> Man. And one weekend, a buddy of mine had started shooting up cocaine and I saw him do it. And I said, Hey, let me, let me get a bump. Let me, let me take a shot. And he goes, no, you don't want to start doing this. And I lied. I said, I've already done it before. I know what, I know what it's like. And he was like, are you sure? And I said, yep, man. So even he, he doesn't want you to come he didn't down want me to now. Do it. It's that bad. Yep. It is that bad. A bunch of people say, stay away from the needle, mm-hmm. you know? And I, of course I was, I said, I'll never do drugs. Right. I'll never, I know I'll never put nothing up my nose. It's funny. You say, <laughs> I'll never do drugs. I'll never put anything up my nose. I'll never shoot up. I'll never steal. And, and yeah. the line just keeps moving. So, yeah. so you're shoot, you, you lie, you shoot up for the first time. Right. What happens? I had the hugest rush. Oh, uh, my, I, I was hearing. I couldn't hear anything. My hearing went completely out because I had this huge rush of the drug going through my blood brain barrier. And I mean to tell you, just to be graphic, um, you can be graphic. Okay. Imagine an orgasm times a hundred. You were taking the words out of my mouth. Right. Let me, let me start that. You were taking the words out of my mouth because people don't understand if you haven't used drugs, a sexual orgasm compared to if you gave me Mark, can I take three hits of X and a line of speed? Or you can spend a weekend in Playboy M- M- Mansion. I'm taking the dope. Right. At 54 years old, haven't done drugs in 34 years. Yep. I'm taking the dope. Yep. And people can't it's understand. It's that strong. Oh, my God. It's just that strong. It's so, and God did not create, that's a result of the fall, you know, turning those plants into, into, so, I mean, that weren't making meth. It's like mixed. It's mixing speed is like I said on a deal the other day. I was doing a YouTube video, and I said it's literally they'll take they'll take compounds and mix them up in a cauldron. Yep, it's literally sorcery. Uh, Pharmakia is the word. It's it's uh, yeah, like a bathtub, and uh, and and so it's it's literally I like it being in a witch's den. These meth labs, and they're concocting this uh this 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 compound to put in your brain and, and you're experiencing on such an unnatural level of dopamine release god god created dopamine to be good you know eat chocolate go fishing and watching sports like you know having sex with your wife that's a healthy release of dopamine in a small level right but anytime you do a drug people don't understand what they're playing with you know i didn't understand what i was playing with no man i got full on hook it was bad it was so bad, and I, I give glory to God for delivering me. Um, I mean, he, I caught, I, I was suicidal, cutting myself, like I said, 
I got so bad that I was living on the streets when after I started shooting up, lost everything. Lost, lost How the job. How are you now? So I'm like, I'm 21 years old. Okay. I made it from 18 to 21. Um, I, okay, uh, the first time I shot up, I was about 20. Okay. At 21, I finally get arrested. So you lost everything. I lost everything. Went to jail. Uh, was in there about nine months. Um, this is in Austin. And my dad came. You know, I lost my, I lost the insurance. Couldn't couldn't do pest control anymore or anything like that. And so uh, just lost everything. And I remember getting out and went up jail and went right back to it because it was that strong. I hadn't dealt with the roots in my heart of the unforgiveness and anger. I'm still there. They're still there. And so, so people are probably, so along this journey as we're talking, when's the first time, or does anyone ever come and say, hey, Shane, this is a root. This isn't what, you don't have a drug problem. No. You have a, you have no, no, never. It was, the focus was on the drug problem. The focus wasn't, and to be honest with you, I wasn't ready. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have received it anyway. Man, you got to be so ready to get help. Oh, my God. <laughs> we could go tell that right now to a drug addict in you know, yeah. Fort Worth, and they're, if they're not ready to receive it. Yeah. That seed that you're planting of freedom can't, can't get in good soil if their heart is hard and calloused, you know? Come on. So, so you're 21, you lose everything. Your dad comes and gets you. You go right back in. So are you in Austin still? I'm in Austin, and guess what? I started hanging around some really sketchy, shady people out there on them streets. You know, I mean, I'm ripping and running, going on a binge, stole a car. It got so bad that um, the guy I was shooting up with had hepatitis C. And I'm suicidal. You know, I've lost everything. I've let my dad down, you know, but I don't, who cares? Because I hate him anyway. Right. I mean, I'm just trying to play the, I'm going to grow a business game. And so when did all the cards collapsed and uh, I'm getting high with this guy one night and, uh, he gets out of the truck or something. I can't really remember exactly how it happened, but I reached over there and grabbed that syringe, knowing he had Hep C. Bam! Did a shot with it. He he came, got back and he said, "Guys, look at this." So that's what's. He so, was like, "Dude, what's wrong with you?" I said, "I don't care. I don't want to live no more. I don't. I've I lost everything. I've burned every bridge in my family. And, yeah. So now Just ruined stop, my, my business, my opportunity to run my dad's business, and all that. Man, I felt like my life was flushed. There's no hope. I'm hopeless, and I'm mad." It's a bad com- com- combination right there. So you hopeless and angry. Now you no doubt that's a cocktail you don't want to drink. No, or shoot up. It's <laughs> uh, it's so funny when I think about this. How the enemy through this process. There is choice all through this process, mm-hmm. right? There's and there's things that we don't know. We're twelve when we started this out. It's out of hurt and pain, but we say some things, opens up some doors. There is a spiritual realm. And what I've seen is either people don't give enough credence to it or too much credence to it because yes. we have, cho- we have choice. We got to surrender. Uh, but we also got to realize there's a dark world hunting all of us. It's true. And it will hunt and haunt you until you get Jesus and get your life surrendered. And even that, I, you know, I'm in the ministry 35 years. It can hunt and haunt. It hunts and haunts in different ways. Mm-hmm. I'm not haunted by speed anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not haunted by sexual, but there are things that still haunt insecurity, rejection, abandonment. It's like, what? Right. Yes. And if you give into those things and play with those, entertain those thoughts, little compromises lead to big falls, man. Yeah. And, and it, you know, eventually he's at, he's, he's trying to get you to do drugs again, 34 years later. Yep. 
but all he can mess with right now maybe is hunt and haunt the the anger or the yeah. you know any kind of insecurity any kind of doubt worry that he's gonna try to play on that yeah and he'll just pull because yeah. like you said the first gateway drug for you was unforgiveness and resentment big time he's always getting us to try to to suck on that pipe again yep if you will all right shoot that syringe and, right. and let me tell you another you're a business guy listen to this and you go man i never did dope in my life and this but you shoot up busyness every day mm. and you're going monday through thursday you're shooting up a dope you just don't know it's it just yet. a different route that he's trying to play in your heart the, the drugs the drugs or the porn or whatever or the fruit yeah okay it's the heart stuff out of the heart flow of the issues of life come right? on. so come on. It, it's it's them little seeds that he's trying to sow you know so shane you go through your mom and them are starting to realize what I'm going to label as tough love of saying, okay, we've got to put some boundaries in place. Actually, they all took me in their home and I would relapse. Every family member. So, and share that. So, walk us through that a little bit. For the next five years, it was like grandparents' house, do good for three months, get, do, you know, get a paycheck or two, get that urge because I haven't dealt with the unforgiveness yet. And bam, I'm gone. Downtown Austin, another two, three-week binge, smoking crack, end up on my feet, no phone, no money, no ID, because you just lose everything. Mm. You pawn off your your ID and your phone to, to a dealer to front you, and your plan is, I'm going to go get the $50, and you end up not being able to get it, and you can't get in touch with them, and then you lose your stuff. Wow. When you're out there like that, you're doing that stuff like that. Oh, man, just please hold my ID, man. 30 minutes, I'll be back with your money. You know, you you just learn to swindle and manipulate drug dealers. People who, like, are all about money. You can <laughs> manipulate them out of the money. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Hustle. Yes, I do, unfortunately. Started robbing, man, and and, and doing crazy stuff. Running around with, with gang members in, in uh, Austin, doing just crazy, stupid stuff. I'm driving around for uh, for free dope. You know, give me a $20 rock every three hours to drive them around and stuff like that. So they go have to do whatever they're doing and stuff. And I, I never joined, I never joined a gang, but I was surrounded by that. You know what I mean? But you become, you become part of it. Yeah. But what's interesting to me, so you, you burned through grandparents, you burned through. Oh yeah. Aunt and uncle, sisters, all uh, of them. Dad, mom's house, all, each, each one of their houses. And, and then you've got nephews sisters, and nieces watching you. Right. They're pretty young at yep. that point. Okay. Um, and so I knew that's another thing. I knew that they were going to start catching on and learning and hearing about this stuff. So I'm like, man, I got a new idea to get right. I wanted to get right, but I couldn't get right. Right. I was broken. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. I was broken, man. I needed some fully alive. I needed somebody to walk me through some freedom, man. <laughs> I needed, I grew up Baptist, but th at this point is when I was like, I want somebody to pour oil on my head. I want somebody to lay their hands on me. I don't know about that tongue stuff and all that people. But if it afflicts but me. But man, if it gets me free from this, I'm, I'm open. In it. So I started wanting freedom. Um, so I, uh, I go to jail and I finally, again, and I finally, um, so this is your second trip to jail, third, fourth. Yeah. I, I, well, I've, yeah, I've been to jail four or five times, but I think this is a second trip and I've been through all these friends and family members homes, taking me in for six months or whatever, three, okay. and I, okay. And it always ends the same. Yeah. They say definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting to get different results. You know, so if I can do, oh, if I can just get this house in this town with this friend, with this job, get me I'll this car, yeah. I, I'm good. Like, you know, that's what we all think things can fix our, our, our hearts, you know, and they just can't, right. no situation. There's nothing, man. And so, um, so, so. I mean, seriously, like two or three of my my sister's friends took me in their home 
at certain points. I mean, just awesome people, awesome people trying to disciple somebody, you know, and there's that repetitive, this is a big key, that repetitive love. None of, none of these things worked. None of these places out in homes and ministries I went to were, were working. But over time, I could sense that over time it was like a snowball. The love and grace and mercy of God, the scandalous grace that mm. he would allow me to, to, go, to have free will because he loves me so much. And knowing I'm going to mess up and being willing to pick me back up like a child that falls down. So after I've fallen down so many times, I'm like, man, this dad loves me. He keeps He's picking me up. You know, it's a big deal. It takes, a <laughs> yeah, lot. I say this all the time. Small drops make big lakes and that's how God works. Mm. He's constantly giving us drops of making a big lake consistent with love, consistent with mercy, consistent with grace. It blows me. That's away. what's happened. And I've never heard it put that way. Yeah. That's a so great analogy. I did the same thing. I might not have been on the scale you were and I wasn't, but I bounced around. I bet you I'm. I, I manipulated my way into 20 or 30 homes, friends, family, okay. God, you know, and it all ended in the same way. Right. My manipulation would wear out and I'd have to go. They'd right. tell me they love me and then I would bounce mm -hmm. and just keep moving. And I wanted, I wanted to fix, but the very thing that would fix me was authority. I had to surrender to authority. Right. Right. But I, the minute authority came around me, my eyes tilted down. My fist came up, my heart puffed up, and I went into protection. And so I, I look and listen at this. You're getting these small drops all the way through this. And I want again, how old are you, Shane, right now? I'm 42 now. 42. How many times do you think you've, uh, what the church calls backslidden, I think that's a backslidden, uh, misstep, whatever you want to say. How many times do you think that you've misstepped in this process? Uncountable. Unca hundreds thousands thousands yeah so i have a question to ask you has god ever not loved you not one time and he loves you today so much so much that he would even open up this opportunity to come talk about it and give him glory i it ain't nothing i did man i'm, I'm tearing up right now no. man it ain't that's that's it even this opportunity right now to talk and and you and, have and a talk about and when I look across at you, I just I want to encourage you. And I'm not, I, I I quit trying to fix people a long time ago because I can't fix me, and uh, I don't have any rocks to throw at you because I go I'm still dealing, you know, after this with my own little pains that that have gone on, and the and the word is the the answer to this. Surrender is the answer to this, but right, um, it is, and I knew I needed to surrender. So, and I knew where the, I knew how to find that. I knew growing up in church, it was the word of God, man. It was the love of God. It's the blood of Jesus. So I finally picked up a Bible again to get some of that word in me. All right. Finally. And I, man, how old are you? You picked the word is, back up. This is, this is 20. Started. I started. I would say I was always a believer, but not a follower. Big I needed to learn how to follow. Bam. Come on. <laughs> I need to learn how to not just clock in at church and just hear, be a hearer of the word, but yep. learn how to be a doer. Come on. You know what I mean? I it's do. The, those verses start, I started highlighting them verses in jail. This, this, whatever whatever time that was, I was probably 24. Okay. And then God's about to do something big. I'm about to go to, at 25, I'm about to go to SOS Ministries in Bryan, Texas and get really, really discipled and really healed. That's what's next. But I, man, I'm in jail and I'm highlighting 
scriptures out the Bible, trying to memorize the whole thing. Cause I know the truth is in there somewhere. You know, I hadn't really encountered Jesus in a, and I hadn't been baptized by his love and his fire yet. But I knew there was something there. I just didn't know what it was. And I was like, man, if I read enough, if I study enough, then I'm like reading, I'm like, man, you know what? I started to feel something, man. I, maybe I can, maybe I could teach or maybe I could preach. Maybe I could come on. Maybe I could help somebody get off drugs instead of being in all these rehabs and seeing all these, listening to all these speakers, man. I was, I was a sponge. I was soaking it in over the years, man. And I started to get a little bit, he put a little little tick in me, a little desire, a little calling. You know what I mean? I like Just it. one word. Hey, come here. What do you tell him? Come and see. Come and see. Yeah. Come and follow me. Follow me. Yeah. Just if he said, man, once you once you hear him say that, it plants he he's plant he's a seed planter. He is. <laughs> he one, makes it grow. He does. <laughs> and he, he doesn't I want to keep saying this all the way through. He doesn't keep records of wrong. Because at some point someone out there goes, Well, man, this guy backslid or misstep thousands he can't even count mm -hmm. and he's 42 i would tell anyone listening today that that the goal isn't to get away from addiction mm -hmm. and you know that may stun some people that's not my hope sitting across from you it's not get away from addiction it's to stare at the eyes of jesus Come on. and be and, and to allow him to become your identity mm -hmm. And it's a it's a it's a step here and two steps back and it and and God is with us the entire time. But addiction, I'm not trying to get away from addiction. I'm not trying to stop anything anymore. Mm -hmm. All I try to do is focus on the love of God. And anytime I can focus on His love, transformation comes. The Bible says kindness is what causes us to change our mind. Mm -hmm. His kindness. Mm -hmm. So it's not His wrath, but inside that kindness is a lot of correction. Mm -hmm. So you're getting correction. Oh yeah, you're going to jail. You're 24. Yep. What do you? In this, I was Romans two four. The goodness of the Lord is what leads people to repentance. That's some little drops. One hundred. Goodness drops, man. Yeah. And he just keeps leading us. He does. And he opened up a door. I went to Bryan, Texas, to SOS Ministries, and I was really hungry to change. I finally wanted to change. Tell who's who's the founder of that? JJ Ramirez. Okay. And uh, they got a really great ministry over there, man. They pick kids up every week. Do, do basketball tournaments. They go do outreaches in the hood, and man, they'll. Real deal. A real deal. In the trenches. Yep. Got a men's home. You know what I mean? And that's where you went. And that's, what I, that's where I went. And, and how long and was that process? Uh, it's a year-long program. Wow. I stayed three because <laughs> I wanted to. Come on. So, man, it, it, it's, it's, so, it's, it's pretty militant, but it's a good militant. Because I, no, I had no structure in my life. I had no discipline. I didn't know about authority. So the first thing you do is you got to read Undercover by John Bevere. <laughs> John, the book on authority. Yep. You got to do a book report, have yep. it turned in within a week. Yep. And that's the very first thing. You're up at 5 a.m., man, and you're praying on your knees and you're doing chores. And there's a lot of doing. There's a lot of, a lot of, they give you opportunities to be married, but there's a lot of Martha because we need, we need, I needed to learn submission to authority. I needed to disagree with the house parent when he tells me to go clean my bed better, my bunk, go make your bed, you know, yep. tighten it up. And I'm like, I disagree with you, and that's okay because I'm still gonna submit. I'm still gonna. It's a big step. Yeah, big step. Yeah, and so um, you know, you can be obedient, and not submissive. One, that's that. Obey the first time right away with what? Happy heart. Yes, you can't fake a happy heart. Oh no, you can't. You oh. Can't. And so, man, Steve Savala was the director, and he walked with me for like three years. And man, we're going to Bible study all the time. We're doing lawn service. 
I'm running the lawn crew every day, going to church at nights, 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. a lot of times. You know what I mean by the end of the day? Yeah. And, man, I turned to, I, that place will make you a machine. I mean, you will grow fast. Not because of what necessarily what you're doing for the Lord, but kind of. Because there's a, some kind of, when he's called you to some kind of ministry or a family, he's going to give you the grace to, to every time to wild out, you know, to grow. Yep. And, uh, so I don't say that negatively about the schedule or anything. Um, it was for a season and, uh, it really helped me out. And man, I got, I, that's, that's where I forgave my dad. Come on. His girlfriend. Come on. I felt chains fall off, man. I was there. I was been in there like eight months and they picked, I went to a dentist appointment and they let my, uh, my dad and his girlfriend picked me up and I got in the car with them and I was like, God's really working my life. And I know that to be forgiven, I have to forgive you. And if I don't forgive you. It's a good day, baby. Says I can't. Yeah. Oh, man. I felt chains fall off of me. I hit my knees when they dropped me off out there mowing a yard, man. Didn't care anymore what people thought. Had confessed all my sin to my, uh, cause you're back in your hometown now. Right. Going through this program. Right. So you can't hide. No, no, I can't. And I'm Schofield boy is out. I'm having to tell to get real freedom. I'm having to confess every deep and dark secret to them because I really want to be free. I don't, I want to make sure there's nothing hidden in there. You're only as sick as your secrets. Oh, (laughs) that's good. Yeah. All that devil needs is a crack, man. Yep. For All sure. he needs is a little bitty crack. And so, you know, that's the whole guard your heart, you know, uh, you know, cast off every stronghold, take every thought captive. Yeah. That thought can be a crack. You know what I'm saying? 100%. And a thought turns into mm. a feeling an action, a belief system, and then it's an ingrained behavior. And it all starts with, that's why I say to people, I thought, or an idea can be the most dangerous thing. You don't believe me? Hitler started with an idea. And when that came out, when that thought matured, that seed grew. It cost us 11 million souls with an idea and a thought. Think about yeah, that. Thoughts, small drops, make big lakes, goes the other way too. Mm-hmm. It can take a hard laugh and go south and destroy people. But I want to keep highlighting, you're going through, you go through this program, you forgive your dad, which is a big one. Mm, huge. Yeah. So that door's closed and I get free. Okay. I'm delivered. But guess what? After I graduated and left, now it switches to not, I'm not using in, in anymore because of unforgiveness towards him. I had opened my mind up and I, and I backslid bad. Okay. But what, what, what pulled you back in? Wasn't, wasn't unforgiveness. Well, to be honest with you, um, I quit doing some of the little things that God's telling me to do. So <laughs> disobedience to the Lord, man, I quit spending time with him. I quit being intimate with Jesus after I left because I needed to take the break. Say that again. I, what did I say? Man, you quit being intimate with Jesus? I quit being intimate with Jesus is the ba- the, the easiest way to say it. Yeah. I could tell you I stopped. Oh, man, I quit going to church as much or I quit praying. I quit getting up at 5 a.m. I mean, that's kind of can be religious. Like, okay, wait, For so sure. because I wasn't getting up at 5 a.m.? No. The ba- I could have gotten up at 3 p.m. and spent a couple hours with him. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter when you do it. It matters that if you do it. You know, and so on a, my deal is no formula. No, but when you quit going to the bedroom of the king, that's it, and being intimate with him, that was it. Man. You'll end up getting in the bed with something else that will see the king when I get in his pre- presence impregnates me with truth, right? But when I get out of his presence and choose to stay out of his presence, I'm going to get impregnated with what lies. Mm-hmm. And so you quit being intimate, the enemy's there waiting, the world's there waiting. Mm hmm. 
and you just reach back slowly slowly reach had saved up a lot of money okay had when i was in there for three years because they teach you how to finance everything you have to open a savings account and you you can tithe and you get a little you can get a little bit of money each week to buy uh, groceries or whatever you want okay but then you're saving most of your money for a car and apartment okay okay great ministry i mean they help you really get back on your feet. yeah they're trying to reintegrate you back into society man and i've been to like I, I've had so I had a bunch of relapses after I left because I couldn't get it right. I would do good and I'd backslide. And you know what? It's just pure selfishness. By this time, I'm I'm loving the feeling of the drug. To be honest with you, you people, I this is it. so crazy. And I used to not want to say that. Like, I'd be ashamed. I used to be ashamed that I relapsed so many times and backslid. And uh, really, it, every time it's just okay. Somebody may resort to eating or overspending or you know anger. So. I didn't get angry anymore after I, I'm, I'm not even joking you. Anger was, I was completely delivered from anger. So wow. my thing was not slander, gossip, anger, any of that, overspending, overeating, nothing like that. My vice was the cocaine and the alcohol, the opiates. Just I was doing good. I would be, I would do good. I had all that money saved up and, you know, the live like, oh, I can, I can drink, I can moderate and manage with that and I can do just a little bit. It would not go off the deep end. That live, I, w- I want to still feel good. I want to have one foot in and one foot out. I want to still be able to do this thing right here and get away with it, but still be in the bedroom of the king with my daddy. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And uh, so I played that game bad. That was a bad struggle of, of doing that. That. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit, because to me that that highlights something we all struggle with: control. So I still want to I still want to be intimate with Dad, but I still want to do this. So I want to stay in control, which means I've kicked him back out of the Lord's seat, and I'm back in it. And we all do that. If you're listening to me right now, we all do this. Where Shane has been is, it it's just a it's a highlight for all of us, me included. That I think, oh my gosh, when I want control. I reject the king and his counsel for my life. And it opens me up to the flesh. To the flesh. You know, hence the verse, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yep. I, you know, I have encounters with Jesus Christ, man, on my face crying and just just be so flooded with his love and, and, and walk in that and not go back to it. I mean, like not stay in tune with it, not keep in step with that every day. I didn't know how to do that. I would ride on that one experience, right? Right. Being spiritually high. That's it. Okay. Yep. Filled with the spirit. And then I would I would ride on that and and, and eat that bread from that old bread from yesterday, if you will. You yep. gotta have daily bread. Yep. I and mean, you gotta be in this you gotta Good eat, word. eat the spirit every day. Right? Right. So so by not doing that, eventually my flesh would get weak. And I would, you know, well, I'm let me feel good by doing this over here. And so that was my deal, and that was my pattern, man, for like years. And my family was like, "Are you ever going to get be able to walk in complete freedom?" And um, man, I I I got to I'll I'll jump forward. I have been set free from the from the um, from the desire to do drugs for like I got I got arrested and I was put on probation, five years probation. I should have got ten years. Mm-hmm. So I got arrested in the school zone. And that enhanced it from a state jail felony to a maximum sentence of 10 years because it's federal. Mm. It jumps it up to federal prison. And uh, 
my lawyer, they all they had was paraphernalia, but initially they had charged with uh, possession of controlled substance, right? Right. But there really wasn't anything in there. And so he got it dropped down to uh, to possession, but then I, I had another arrest. So I'm, right now I'm actually I'm pounding. And, I, I, and this is shameful for me to say, but because I want, I, I want to put my best foot forward and want everybody, look at me, look how, how long you've been sober for. I'm on five years probation right now. Several years ago, this happened. Okay, but I have have not had a thought of using, and I, and I can say that before God with no conviction. He completely delivered me. I needed to go to jail. I needed to be arrested. I needed wow. to be stopped, man. Wow. wow. I needed it that bad. And so right now I'm on five years probation, and uh, I do hair. I can't do pee tests because I know how to fake that. <laughs> I'm like, sign me we up. We get good at manipulating. Sign me up for the hair follicles because you can't fake those. And so that's what I'm doing, and I love it, man. I love the so accountability. that correction and that accountability right love it. now changed my life. God Comfort used that. You. Oh, dude, God used has used that to change my life. I have not, I, the devil knows he can't get me there anymore, and God did that. Not me, nothing I did because I messed up, and went to jail. But God's like, look, let me let me let me carry you and show you how to hold. Let me hold your hand for a little while and really help you get free from this stuff. You need some extreme accountability. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Shane, I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say this, but it, it cracks me up. The first book that I wanted to write, you know, I've written several books. First book I wanted to write was to hell with accountability. It doesn't work mm. because the way the church said it to me or the way I heard it, I'm, I'm not beating up the church. The way sure. I heard it was memorize verses, do this, get accountable. And it wasn't working. Dude, I did that. It, it wasn't working, not because of accountability. It wasn't working because I would not surrender. There it is. So I love that you're like, man, I feel comforted that that the law was applied to me so that I can receive and choose grace. There it is. That, that summarizes where I'm at. It is. That summarizes it. But I want to tell you, number one, I look across from me. It, I wish that you could see this guy. <laughs> I mean, he's beautiful, but I'm staring in his eyes and I'm thinking, you know, thank you for not giving up. Mm. Thank you that you've surrendered. Thank you that you're even in this process and there's nothing to be shameful about. I, I'd rather interview you than the president of the United States definitely right now. But um, I definitely look across from you and i go you've been road hard put up wet yep you've made some really bad choices some really good choices you've yeah. you put your family through pain but you've also shaped you need to hear this you've shaped if they would have been left alone they would have been nice religious people their whole entire life your mom would have never ever thrown a banquet table with you and all these hood dudes and she said first time i'd had black people around my table you know <laughs> yeah and these were People had killed people. Yes. God did a lot of things. She also told the story, Shane, about you being uh, coming off of heroin. And yeah, I did get into that eventually. Yeah. yeah. And you go to JPS and she said, we're walking through hundreds of beds and this lady is bleeding out of her eyes and ears. And she said, I had nothing to give her. I was scared to death. I walked by and I heard my son, my boy say, I love you. I hope you're okay. And begin to comfort her. When Shane got in the bed, we turned around. They were pulling a sheet over over her face, which means she had passed away. The last person who comforted that lady, she said, was not me, but my son. And to so I want to tell you, uh, you're not the prodigal. You're not anything but a son of God. I'm I'm so grateful that we've 
uh, got to sit across, talk about this. I want you to just talk a little bit straight from your heart. Mm -hmm. No BS, no just anything. With anyone out there just struggling mm. with any kind of addiction, whether that's drugs. I actually prayed that you would ask that, and I wrote a couple of things down. Can I share it? <laughs> yes, I'm sir. not even joking. No, man. Because I... that's that's what I'm doing this for. I want one person who's struggling to get something, man. Get, get a seed. Get it watered. God's going to make it grow. Come on. Not us. You know, it's him. But, like, that lady, I was, when I was walking by that lady, I could really sense. So, because he's been love, forgiven much, loves much, man. I know, how I've been, I know how much I've been forgiven. We all know how much we've been. Mm. He doesn't remember. We do. Absolutely. Man, and so... <laughs> So I felt like that. I could tell something was wrong. It sensed something was wrong. Because when, you know, when you're out there on the streets like that, you develop some some crazy discernment. You know, you can sense different territories, different spiritual warfare stuff, you know, different demonic stuff that's on people or in people or whatever. So that I felt like that lady, something was wrong. I could sense something was really bad about to happen. And I just said, hey, I just want to tell you God loves you. And I want to tell you, you know, I've been forgiven for so much. He loves me so much. And he just loves you so much, you know. And um, I hope you're going to be all right. I'm just praying for you. And I remember looking up at me, not talking, but her eyes were just like empty and hollow. And then she did. She passed away right after that, man. And so that's that was just one little bitty thing, one little bitty sign or, or wonder or whatever God used to like speak through that situation. And that lady, he spoke to me like none of us are promised tomorrow, man. Nope. We are so entitled. And so if you're struggling, it, it, you may have a problem like I did of entitlement, you know. You may, you may have, um, you may be like me and you just might be a spoiled brat, you know, God eventually wants us to grow up and he wants us to learn how to have self-control. He wants us to learn how to love, man. He wants us to learn how to love and not lust. He wants us to learn how to be a giver and not a taker. And that's all we know. If you're struggling and you're on, if you have a drug addiction, you know, you know that you just take, 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 take. Um, I just want to tell you that there's a the story of that demon-possessed man after he got set free from the legion of demons he had, you know, he wanted to follow Jesus. He said, let me follow you. Jesus said, go back to your own, own hometown and tell them, tell everyone how much God has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Mm. And that's what I just wanted to share. And you have a similar story. I've been delivered from anger fits of rage, mental illness, including schizophrenia that was drug-induced, a reprobate mind, fear, cutting myself, addictions, vices, hurt, trauma, inner wounds, inner vows, word curses, father wounds, mother wounds, generational wounds, mm -hmm. manipulation, narcissistic personality disorder, hepatitis C. I got fully delivered from that hep C. <laughs> God got me a free, um, free trial of Harvani, $90,000 medication. It's like $900 a pill. It's like 30 a day. And for three months, and then it's gone. The yep. virus is undetected. My cousin went through the same thing. Yeah. Yep. Got friends and family. And I, but I had hands laid on me, and that opened up the door for that. And so God did, God healed me, man. And, um, and he wants to heal you too. And that's all I want to say is that he loves you and he wants to heal you. So I started an artwork business. I do murals. I do uh, collegiate artwork. I do portraits. Um, he's opened up, and, and it's been a pretty successful deal. Um, I've sold some paintings upward of $8,000. They're beautiful. Yeah. I, I can't even explain to you the Glory to God. Glory to God, man. And um, 
uh, he's opened the doors at these ministries I've been to to teach and preach. Like even this door today to get to speak is like, man, I feel I feel God's love and so much. Getting that counseling degree, um, come on. A couple of those ministries I was actually promoted to like administrator, like a sixty-five man facility. It was really cool to get to serve those men. You know, God did that, not me. Nothing good that I could do, but he uh, he wants to love us and bless us, and he does. But he, there's more. You know, it, it, the more you surrender, um, the more you, you, you surrender and climb up in his lap and you look in his eyes, the more he just wants to you draw close to him. He's going to draw close to you, baby. Promotion is found mm. in the surrender. It, it is. It doesn't take something away. We got to give something up. But when we do, right. promotion comes. Yes. It's, I put it's not about titles and platforms. It's about serving others. You know, what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. And uh, so one of the celebrate, you said surrender, one of the celebrate recovery principles I just wanted to share, you know, there's, I was in denial and, and you got to learn humility and confession and take action, but surrender is so huge. It is. If you're in addiction right now, or even if you're not, if there's something you can surrender, you know, to God. And if when you lay it down, you know, they say at the foot of the cross, you know, don't pick it back up and all that. But it's hard, man. And I just wanted to know that you're encouraged and you're loved. Um, so I wrote this down, a message to anyone listening. How hungry are you for change, for freedom? Because hungry people will eat out of dumpsters. Mm. There's no excuses. You can glean from any, anyone. You can glean anywhere, you know. Um, he resists the proud, but he exalts the humble. It's about that humility and that surrender. That's what I wanted to tell you. And um, your comforts can kill you. I put, what are you feeding yourself each day? What are the little compromises that are leading to big falls in your life? I'm warning you because I love you. God is merciful, but he is also just. Um, you know, and we have, this is the main thing. I, I, I had... I went through a lot of years of God, just take it away. God, deliver me. God, deliver me. And he would, but I didn't really realize the depth of his freedom and deliverance. I didn't know how to walk in it, man. I didn't know how to wear it. I didn't know how to stay in it like I am. I have been lately. And, no, and no, you know, super proud of you. But he told uh, Cain, the sin is crouching at your door. That drug is crouching at your door. That that vice, man, that anger, whatever it is, that drive for money is crouching that to, when I say drive for money, I mean, making it an idol. Yep. That's crouching at your, your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. It's interesting. He said that Oswald Chambers today, the devotional um, I read was on, a, it was touched on that. It's kind of ironic. I, I thought that I was supposed to bring it up. It's Whenever, whenever God has laid out a path for us, he's given us his word. He's given us his, us his spirit, his blood. You know, he's given everything to us. 100. Everything. Yep. It's us learning how to master ourselves. It's us learning that surrender. It's us, um, it's us conquering and not being conquered anymore. People are sick and tired of playing church, man. I, I'm sick and tired of it, of religion and just like, do these things and you'll be right, you know, or, or you can stay free. All the focus on the things, the rituals, the, you know, the dance you got to do, you know, look, you gotta look for the hug. Yeah. Is so, man, that's, that's, that's all I have that I wanted to share. Well, those are, somebody. those are plenty and they're going to encourage somebody. Cause you know, I prayed before this, that we'd reach people. And I think this is going to reach people more than people struggling with addiction that you and I might've had. 
this is just, you talked about it. Listen, if you're out there and you've got unforgiveness, it ends as cancer to your soul. It's poison to you, not to them. And I, we got all the excuses of why we shouldn't forgive somebody. They did this to me. Yeah, right. you don't understand. Yeah. 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 But it's a choice. Listen, unforgiveness, when that, that was an event, for, when you choose to forgive, it's a choice. And you make that choice every day, and then you start praying for them, and it's crazy how God's love will fall on you mm. for those people. So it's, uh, it, I, I forgave him, but I'll just say this. The action part of mastering it, yeah. the unforgiveness, God forgave me, and I realized it. I forgave my dad, and I knew it. But God did want me to confront him and look at his eyes and say, hey, I for, well, speak those words, man. Declare that. Proclaim that over our relationship. I, for, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, tears in my eyes, I forgive you for the abandonment for the and, 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 and forgive me yep. for the rebellion. Forgive me for my part too, man. Like, cause I was just as bad. I, my sin was, yeah. my sin was in no, no lighter than his. No, they're just, they're, they're both. Yeah. So if you're out there today, as we close this, yeah. be encouraged, walk in this and man, go seek help. And, but seeking help. Sometimes I tell people this and I'll, I'll leave it on this. I tell people all the time, go to the woods. What I mean by that is go sit down in a park. Don't take your Bible. Don't take your worship. Don't take your phone and ask God what's on his heart. And I'm telling you, 10 for 10, he will tell you, you're on my heart. I love you. I forgive you. I have a purpose and plan. Join me in that. I hope you've been encouraged uh, by this podcast today. Shane, thanks for coming on. I love you, brother. I'm over here smiling, man. This is great. I love you. Thank you for having me on. I love everybody listening. I love you and I'm praying for you. And I mean that because I should be dead. <laughs> God's good, man. You did die, but he's I alive. did. <laughs> he resurrected you. Y'all have a beautiful day. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for listening to the Unbridled Live podcast. We know your time is valuable, and we hope we bring real and relevant content that helps you live that unbridled life. If you want to help us spread the message, you can rate or review the podcast on whatever platform you like to listen to us and share it with a friend or two. If you want to know more about who we are and what we're doing, head on over to theunbridledlifepodcast.com and learn more.